Welcome to episode 18 of the Faith in Real Life podcast. Some of you have been listening for like all 18 episodes. Congratulations. Right? They deserve a medal. They do. Because our spouses don't listen at all. No, and and probably I won't even get in trouble for this, for saying that. they won't hear it. Because they won't hear it. So there's that. Where was I going with this? I don't know. I, I don't think know. it was just a shot at Larry and Missy. But on that note, I'm one of your hosts, Amy Dalking. And I'm your other host, James Thompson. All right. So this week we're talking about the question, did God write the Bible or did man? That was the question, right? I think so, the, yes. The official question. Where do we start with this? Well, I think we can start with uh, what John said during the sermon. John is not here today. Um, he is out of town. I Probably surfing. Um, check the... Surf report, he mentioned that during, during the sermon. He started with, if you're starting with the question, is, is the Bible written by a man or a God, then what are we talking about here when we say the, the Bible? And so we were talking about the Old Testament, New Testament, 66 books, 39 Old Testament, 27 New Testament. Do the math, I think that adds up. No. 512, 5512. 512, 5, 5, add that up. Do okay. that real quick. No. Uh, okay. So the Bible was written uh, by 40 men over the course of 1,500 years. John mentioned that. And so the, the question really is, you know, is it, is it infallible? Is it um, God's word? Uh, who wrote it? And, and where do we go from here? So when we look at the Old Testament, this is what I found, I found out to be very interesting. So, you know, how long those, that collection of books has been considered. Right. The things that I found is that that was pretty much determined a long time ago. And even, you know, most of the authorities, most of the Jewish tradition, I mean, they, they sort of coalesced around those, those books that we consider the Old Testament a long time ago. And, and when we say a long time ago, I mean, a long time ago to me is 50 years ago, but we're talking about a long time ago, right? Like thousands, plural? Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was very interesting is they sort of build up on each other and verses, you know, the different books of the Old Testament will sort of, sort of talk about previous books and previous mm-hmm. writers. And so when Moses wrote down everything, they immediately put it in the ark. And then Joshua took over after Moses died. Um, and then his writings were also added and uh, to those. Um, and then you've got Samuel's writing, writings were then added. And then you've got Daniel talking about, you know, Daniel obviously mm-hmm. had a command and a copy of uh, Moses's stuff, right. and then some of the other prophet writings, and then even those of Jeremiah. And so the writers of the the later books reference the writings of the previous previous right books. And so this canon was sort of developed mm-hmm. and and sort of agreed to. And what I found was was pretty interesting is uh, you know the Dead Sea. Everyone knows Dead Sea Scrolls, but I've never really given it much thought as to mm-hmm. what exactly was in there. Six hundred different pieces of scriptures were mm-hmm. found that reference all 39 uh, of the Old Testament right. books except for I think except for Esther for some reason but and those are thousands of years old the the belief or that argument that well you know who can decide what was in there or, or how do we know that those were the the actual books and mm-hmm. I mean this consistency is, is is out there if you really want to just look it up and and read it for yourself so where do we want to go with here because I know that you've got a lot of things that you want to say it's different than kind of what I had yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. The stuff that it, the the stuff that really interests me, I, I, I mean, is is totally different from. I think um, so. That's where the that's where the sermon got me going. Is 
Well, what is the Bible? So I, I delved in, into all of that right. stuff, and and it's out there if you're interested in in seeing how this the, those the books that we consider the Bible right. have been chosen carefully mm-hmm. and consistently through thousands of years, and so it's not like that argument kind of falls if you mm-hmm. look at the actual history and how it was brought together. And right. Well, I think the things that you are talking about are incredibly fascinating. If we go to, okay, so now we have the books. Now we have the actual Bible. Right. And the question was, who wrote it? Right. And so we know it was written by 40 men mm-hmm. over that 1,500 mm-hmm. years. And so you've got, and that's where John said, you know, we can't argue with the fact it was actually exactly. transcribed by a human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, that seems to be one of the arguments, that, that the jumping point of a lot of arguments, that it's infallible. Immediately off the, off, off the top of the list is, well, man is not perfect. Right. And man wrote it down, so it's obviously imperfect. Right. But then you've got to take into consideration what Scripture actually says about itself. For instance, there are over 400 times in, in the Bible where now the authors are writing down, but they're saying, thus says the Lord. I mean, that happens over 400 times. And then it's referred to as the Word of God dozens of times. And John used one in his sermon, Psalms 119. And then a verse in Isaiah 40-something Proverbs refers to it as the word of God. But then even Jesus, he seemed to be of the opinion that the Bible was God's word. He quoted in Matthew 4.4, he quoted Deuteronomy 8.3, which Deuteronomy 8.3 is man should not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so I think you've got the Bible calling itself, or the Bible answering that question itself in many places. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think it does. And I think, you know, it's funny, like, whenever I, I have a question about something, I'm like, did Jesus say anything about it? You know, is it in right, red? Right. <laughs> yeah. Is it in red print? He, he refers back to the mm-hmm. scriptures in the Old Testament. And so that's, you know, one of the, the good reasons to give credence right. to the Old Testament books. And I think I just did the math wrong. It's 27 new. 30, yeah. 39, yeah. Liberal arts major. Yeah. Um, just to clarify, and really John, I think, made this point. He talked about how, well, the answer is kind of both. Man did write the Bible. God used man to write his message. It's not like God took pen to parchment or whatever it was. What did they write on? They didn't have pens. Whatever. No. I'd like to know that. Okay. But he, he, God didn't physically write the words down, but, but his authorship was guided through the men who were under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And there are a couple of places in Scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, says all Scripture is God-breathed. Now, I've got more to say on that later, but this one says all Scripture is God-breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And then 2 Peter 1, 20 through 21 says, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, what does that even mean? I mean, it means that when we read Scripture, we read the words that men wrote down as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And I think so. that's where, that's where you, you get away from the argument that just because man had, was somehow involved. Right. And, and one of the great examples I read was sort of countering this argument by saying not everything we do is imperfect. I mean, we can we can do a, a math problem perfect. We can do two plus oh, two right. equals four. So we do have Sum the ability to do certain things 
that are in you know infallible. Right. Um, and so when we are under the spirit, or when mm -hmm. those men were under the spirit, that was a period in which that they were actually they were under under the, the you know the stuff that they mm -hmm. produce can be sort of infallible. Right. Um, and then the other thing that was that they attack is the actual guys who wrote the Bible, right? So these are great, mm -hmm. great men, mm -hmm. but they're also great sinners. You have David, you have Moses, mm -hmm. uh, murderers. I mean, you have guys that have like a history, and you know God uses those mm -hmm. people as tools. But the um, the last words of David uh, in Second Samuel twenty three two says, "The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me; His word was on my tongue." So it he actually acknowledged and sort of. It explains how mm -hmm. the spirit can work through somebody um, to get the message through, and I, and I think that's one of those that, you know, that's where, sort of where that argument falls because it's really easy to say, well, God didn't, you know. I think other than the Ten Commandments, which I think didn't God write with his finger right. on the stone tablets, mm -hmm. you know, of course he didn't. He didn't write it down on paper. He had he used people to do his will. Okay, if we take the things like well, Second Timothy. Obviously, uh, was a letter written by Paul. The scripture that I just quoted from First Peter was Peter's words. Now, their reference for scripture, they don't have the New Testament when these guys are writing this down, right? right. So they're referring when they refer to scripture as Old Testament. So, I mean, what what does that tell us about the New? You know, it makes me think of something because I was um, when I was looking up why. Why scriptures were sort of adopted as, as being true. Mm -hmm. One of there was like a four-part test that they, that they would sort of ask the questions about the different books, and you can ask the same four questions. And it was like, was it written by a prophet, or was it is it something that's edifying? Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'm trying to find where I where I wrote it down, but it was really it was really telling. And I think when you have the New Testament referring to the Old Testament, mm -hmm. and you have that consistency. Um, you know who's 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 making that reference, right? Um, and I think that's where you get credibility for the New Testament. But what what is your answer? Okay, so Jesus says in John sixteen twelve through thirteen, uh, he says, "I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of Truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come." So he says that, and then Paul later says. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God's freely given us. And this is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities and spirit-taught words. Okay, so there's these scriptures that are kind of, without coming right out and saying, we're also led by the spirit. I mean, they're saying that these, Jesus says the spirit's going to teach you, the spirit's going to tell you what to say. Et cetera, et cetera. And then Paul is affirming, okay, our words are not man's words. They're divine words, spirit-filled words. Does that make sense? It does. And it also goes, I think, that, you know, it goes with the, the, the verses that say that the word is active. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To me, that, that, that makes sense because you've got the spirit working on both sides. Right. Mm -hmm. Then also, and I'd never, this was something fascinating that I came across. Paul, writing the letter to Timothy, says that in 1 Timothy 5.18, he references Deuteronomy 25.4 as scripture. And then he also, refer, he, he, he doesn't say that specifically, but the words that he's using are from Deuteronomy 25.4. And then right after that, he quotes Luke, the Gospel of Luke. And the words that he quotes are nowhere in the Old Testament. 
So it's like, where is he's, he's referring to these things in scripture. So he's referring to the new Testament in scripture. And I, I didn't research that enough to understand where's the, how many years later was that written than Luke? Oh, I had no idea. I don't know. The argument against attacking the men for writing it, I think is, is the dangerous part. If, if we say, okay, well, there's a human aspect to it. Mm-hmm. So parts of it could be wrong. I mean, what, what, is the, what, is the re, what is the consequence of that? So you, you, John talked about it a mm-hmm. little bit about the survey that the majority of kids or I forgot exactly, of the, those that have stopped believing in the Bible right. or don't go to church or is that they believe that the Bible isn't true. Right. And it's based on all of these little arguments that you have, like, oh, it's, it's fallible because man did it. Or there's one of the ones that I found that seems to be pretty, pretty good is like, oh, there's all these inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of those can be explained away fairly simply, oh, um, right. but it's enough of a of a tripping point on a, on some people. that's like, okay, well, no, it's just it's not true. Clearly, it, it's okay to doubt. It's okay to question things, right? But when it gets down to it, when people are just tossing the Bible off as, oh, well, that can't be true because blah blah. I mean, I think we're getting a little humanistic, like we're the authority and not God. When it comes down to the core of it. Actually, we could go back to the garden with that. You know, we're, we're thinking that our view is more important than God's, period. We, we, we always go back to the garden, but that's exactly right. What's, what's, what's the serpent say? Did God really say exactly. that? Exactly. Um, and, you know, when I was, when I was you know, and it's, it's not like these arguments aren't just um, thrown out there by atheists or right. people that are against Christianity or religion or mm-hmm. whatever it is mm-hmm. that... Um, it's the same thing that we see, and we talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago with Rob Bell, where he, he just says, he takes the part that God is love, leaves out that God is just and God is all these other things, right. and focuses on one little thing, in the process, sort of downplays the, fa- the infallibility of the Bible. And um, another thing I found was the same thing, like Andy Stanley has a way of saying, okay, well, let's focus on the resurrection and the redeeming nature of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so let's not, we don't have to worry about all that other stuff. The Bible isn't necessarily true on all these other things. Let's just take them for good stories or whatever. Let's just focus on this. But how do you know which ones to focus on? Yeah, and it's circular. <laughs> so we're going to believe this scripture right. and in the infallibility of this scripture and the overarching overarching importance of this. I don't know how you pronounce that word. Overarching? Over. You know, I don't know. Overarching. I always say overarching, but then I feel like I need to say arching. Okay, so. I don't know. <laughs> we won't question the importance of this scripture. We'll just rephrase the whole sentence. We're going to take this quality of God and, and, and supersede all mm-hmm. the others. Mm-hmm. And, and here's where, I, where I, the point I'm trying to make with is if we're going to focus on the resurrection and the redemption, which is, is great. I mean, that's, that's the whole. Key points, right? That's a big part of the Bible. But redemption for what? I mean, what was God's original plan? Right. We've got to go all the way back. And so what, you know, what was our purpose? What was, and I think, I don't think you can divorce those two things. Mm -hmm. And once, it's a slippery slope, I think, once you start doubting portion, you know, once Mm -hmm. one part of the Bible isn't true, what makes any other part of it true? I don't even know how you can, as, and again, I, I don't mean this, like, I'm not trying to call them stupid, right, for coming up with this, but I, I don't understand how you can say anything like that like well let's just not worry about this because this is the main point this is what we're going to focus on because going back to what paul said to timothy all scripture 
all scripture. He said all. I mean, he could have said, well, this part of scripture is God-breathed. This part's not. But he said all. When I was sitting there, when I was sitting there in, in, um, on Sunday, and you have that argument where man is inherently sinful and fallible, so nothing infallible can come from man. Well, I'm thinking, okay, Jesus came from... Mary. Mary. So, I mean, are you mm-hmm. doubting that that man, mankind, can produce something that is perfect? Mm-hmm. And if, you know, and so I, I yeah. take, that was the analogy I was thinking. I was like, well, well, how, how is Jesus perfect? Well, the Spirit was in, involved in that situation. Exactly. It all comes down to the Holy Spirit because take that very argument, for example. The only things that we are doing that have any ever, everlasting quality to them are the things that are done in the Spirit not the flesh. Well, if, if we can do things by the Spirit, then it kind of affirms that they can do that by the Spirit. Does that make sense? I know what I'm saying in my head, so <laughs> we're just going to go with that. No, I, 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 get, I get what you're saying. If It's the same Spirit. Right, and it's the only thing that does it produces any divine work in us, and that's the divine work that it did in them. And the Bible actually describes how that, that works. Right. It works through man. Mm-hmm. And so the Spirit helped write God's message down through them. And I think, I think most of the people that are sitting there on Sunday are going to answer the question that the Bible is divine. Mm-hmm. I don't know that many, uh, and I could be wrong, I don't right. know that many of the people sitting in, in there on Sunday are, are going to believe that man wrote the Bible. Because mm-hmm. if you're not going to put that kind of stock in the Bible, then why would you show up on Sunday to listen to a message that based on a Bible, um, based on a book that you don't really have all that much faith right. in? So I think really the greater impact is if you truly believe that the book is infallible, what are you doing about it? And I think mm-hmm. that's where I fail. Mm-hmm. And I think that John kind of touched on it at the very end of that is, right. okay, so if, if we're all on the same page, and the Bible is as important, and it is God's word. Mm-hmm. Are you truly searching it for lost treasure, or, or you know, like mm-hmm. all the different verses say, read it, you'll extend your life, mm-hmm. uh, you'll be blessed, you'll be, you know, read it every day, read it in the morning, and if it truly is the word of God, are you doing that? And that's that was a convicting part for me. So, right. aside from all the other stuff that that we've talked about, I think that's where it comes down to: what are you doing about it? If you believe it, mm-hmm. let your actions speak louder than your words. Right. And I think we all, I mean, I think we all fall down or most of us fall down on that. I know I do. Am I doing everything every day to learn more about what God has to say? Mm-hmm. I mean, I do it Monday night or Tuesday night for, for the podcast day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't really have words on that because it's, that's kind of the main thing. Because we do live based on what we believe. If the Bible says this, but we live like this, where's that discrepancy? Maybe we don't believe what we thought we believed. Truly, maybe we believe we're more important than what God says. Or maybe we believe that our feelings or our opinions are more important. That's how we live. I mean, I think, you know, on a day-to-day basis, we think we got it. Maybe this is just me, but only when things go bad do we turn to God. And what does Mm -hmm. the Bible say about this? And it's always surprising to me that I look for something and I find it. And I'm like, wow, I had no idea it was in there. Or I'm just doing, like I have a Bible a day, a daily Bible or a Bible in a year Bible. Like one year Bible? Yeah. Yeah. Today's podcast is brought to you by the word Bible and infallible, (laughs) apparently you're fallible. And I'll I'll be reading some random scripture 
from the Old Testament, uh-huh. and it'll speak to me. Uh-huh. But it's some sort of concept I never knew was in there. And so mm-hmm. I would think that if I read the Bible all the way through, or if I knew, you know, if I studied it as much as I, 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 I do, I, I could, that I would know that. What was convicting, I used to read Tom Clancy novels. And each one of those is like 1,400 pages. Right. And I'm like, the Bible's only 1,200, and I've never finished the Bible. You know, it's just one of those mm-hmm. things where it was always sort of made me feel bad about how I put my time and energy in other things. Right. And then I always come up with some excuse like, oh, well, it's too long, or it's... That was the convicting part of the sermon is, I can easily answer the question. I thought, man, it's going to be a short sermon. Mm-hmm. God, boom, let's go. Pass the plate, we're out. Mm-hmm. You know, and... And, and, and for the most part, I think most people agree with that. It's just like, what do you do with that knowledge? If you truly believe that, now what? Now it's time to actually do some work. Right. And I just don't do enough of it. And, I, you know, that was convicting for me. I'm thinking, okay, well, if I believe this is the Word of God. And he tells us. Okay, so if you believe that the Word is the Word of God, he tells us in there, search the Scriptures. You will find... Right. You know, all of these good things that I have for you. You will have mm-hmm. peace. You will have blessing. You will add years to your life. You will have wisdom. I mean, it's chock full of mm-hmm. all of these things that he promises if we internalize the word, if we memorize the word, it'll re you know, it'll change you the do way all we all these things. Yeah, it'll yeah. change the word the way we think. It will do all of this mm-hmm. stuff that he wants for us, that he's always planned for us, and we don't and I and I don't do it. Right. I don't do it enough. Well, I think I can like we can kind of turn this into a therapy session for you for just a second. <laughs> because I think that, and I totally know what you're saying, but I think that on a whole, your life has been changed by the word. There are things that you do and do on a daily basis that are influenced by what God says. I mean, look at me telling somebody they don't have to see things so all or nothing. That's a miracle in itself. But no, I totally know what you're saying because... I can know what God says about it, but that's just so hard to live it out. Like, I tend to trust myself more than I trust that if I just do it like this, it's going to be better because that's what God says, and I believe God. Yeah. This could be Amy's therapy session, too. Maybe that's what we renamed the podcast. And knowing's half the battle, right? So knowing that I I know that I need to do more— is, I guess, better mm-hmm. than not knowing or just being oblivious. But right. we were talking in Sunday school this past week on give me your burdens, uh, take my yoke, and, and we were talking more about mm-hmm. how... It was actually a Rick Warren study, and he's talking about, well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. When you're yoked with, with God, it's not just take my yoke like I'm giving it to you. Right. No, no, you come up next to me, we walk at the same mm-hmm. pace, it's two of us, uh, your burden will be lighter because mm-hmm. you're not doing it all alone. We'll be going in the same direction. I mean, all of this imagery comes out and, and that I had never really sort of thought about. I just thought, you know, take my yoke. Like, what does that mean? Like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll you know, you, you have an easier time. So, that you know, that kind of thing. It's not talking about eggs. No, it's not. And he actually made a bad joke in that study that we had just groaned over. He's yeah. like, he's like <laughs> the, the, he said the yoke's on you. And he did like this. It was a really bad joke. But like, he just, he just went with it. I'm like, I would have nice. edited that out. But the, the whole imagery with the yoke and walking together with Christ, and you can't get ahead of Christ, you can't get behind. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right there. You're, you're in the same direction. You're going where he's going. And when you're when you're yoked up, you're at the mercy of the master. So you're being led. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. And it, it's it's all of this um, that we just don't do and you know give it up. Right. I mean, it's easy to say that, but you just don't. We don't. We don't typically do. Yeah. It. 
there is so much more I could be doing on a daily basis mm -hmm. that I don't do. I know that wasn't really the message he was trying to relay for me, but that's the message. I mean, that's yeah. the message I got. I mean, that, that's the hard question is, what is the implication? If this true, if we believe that this is the word of God, now what? Right. And I think the easy part is saying, just agreeing, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's the Bible, big B, you know, and... Um, big B. And so, you know, <laughs> that's where I got, that's what I got out of it. I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm just failing. And not just because... Uh, I want to do what it says. It's because I want what it promises. Right. Well, absolutely. I think that's the coolest thing. And, and we talked about this a little bit. I can't remember which podcast. About the Lagos of God and the Rhema of God. And how the Lagos is the Greek word used for word. in, And Rhema is the message that God specifically speaks to us when we're reading the Logos. And that is the thing that keeps me coming back to Scripture all the time because God does speak to me through this. God speaks to everyone through this, but just for me personally, like, I think that when you have a relationship with God where you know He's talking to you regularly through through His Word, I, I can't, I can't get enough of that. And does it always reflect perfectly in my life? No. But I, I can't, say enough about how much I love God's word just because that's how he talks to me. You know, you know maybe that's where, that's where I'm, I'm falling down or that's where I'll pray about stuff and I'm like, all right, still waiting for an answer. Been a couple of days now. So I guess I'm supposed to help you oh. along and start moving things and start meddling and, and mm -hmm. maybe, you know, what, what your wishes will, you know, shake loose or whatever mm -hmm. and then come to fruition because I, I need to do something. And I think it's probably in those situations, I just need to read more. Right. Um, if he's going to I keep waiting for the voice instead of reading the word. Right. And maybe that's where, you know, <laughs> it'll come alive and it'll, mm -hmm. it'll speak to me through the, the reading. And I think that's probably where I'm falling down on it. Well, sometimes going with that, like sometimes when there is a thing that I really don't want God to deal with, I, I will avoid it because I know that he's like going to say things, but I don't really want to hear it. And so I'll avoid it. There's You're no lucky, though. There's no book of Amy. There is a book of James. There is a book of James. And there's only five chapters, so whenever I, I make up stuff that I want to be in there, right. it's chapter six of the book of James. Some good stuff in there, but it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not spirit-led spirit stuff. It wasn't God-breathed? Is that no, what you're saying? No. Man-inspired. Man-wished. For, I guess, the people that are listening, the I guess one of the takeaways would be there is so much that that God says about the scriptures mm -hmm. and what can be gleaned from it, what can be learned, what can how your life can be mm -hmm. changed. You just need to get after it and start looking for it. I would almost challenge people people who are so convinced that man is that it's fallible and it's not God's word. I can't imagine those people have spent any length of time studying what the Bible actually says instead of not the history, not studying where it came from and how it was written down and blah, 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 but studying actually what it says because there's so much, there's power in that and there's life in that. I mean, it's, the word is alive and powerful. That's my answer. What was the question? I don't remember. 